Hello there, and thanks for joining me on today's podcast, The Psychology Report. Getting a job, being hired, having somebody interested in you and be interested in your skills and your experience and your potential to be a good employee, an excellent employee, and produce income for your employer. That's what it's all about. Tonight, I'd like to take a look at that particular topic and address it together and um, take a look at just where we are relative to a person getting a job, particularly the high school student, right? Third year of high school, fourth year of high school, graduation from high school, maybe go on to college, maybe not, maybe go part-time, but would like to get a job, but can't find one. It isn't that they can't find a job, they just can't get hired, and there may be reasons for that. Or the person who's in college and wants to work part-time and can't get the job he wants or she wants, can't get hired at all. There may be reasons for that, because there are jobs out there. Jobs are available, but we don't always get hired just because there are jobs available. So it's a question of not getting a job, it's being hired. That's really the issue. And are you hireable? Are you a person that is valuable? Are you a person that has distinctives and has potential for an employer? You have to remember what employer is all about. Employer doesn't hire people. That's not what they're interested in. The employer is in the business of running a business, generating an income, making a profit. And if you can help in that process, you're, that's fine. But if you're a drain, if you're a, uh, a dull person and cannot contribute to that particular process, you won't be hired and there's no jobs for you. The other day, um, we looked in the paper and, of course, we just saw the fact that there have been more people hired here in the last uh, year than in the previous eight years in history. In other words, employment is going up. Unemployment is going down. We have people who are now working, who are not working for a good part of the last eight years. Now they're employed again. And there are people who still can't get a job. But the overall employment market is considerably favorable for employment today. So if you're looking at the possibility of work, there's work out there. It's just a question of can you sell yourself so that somebody would want you? Do you have the skills that somebody needs? Do you have the experience that somebody can base a risk on and can take a risk on? You see, those are the kind of questions that you have to ask, not just whether you graduate from high school. That's minimal. That's kind of like a starting point. Uh, that's minimal. We have to go way beyond that kind of description or characteristic or status in life. It's not just because of the fact that you're in college or that you're about ready to graduate or you have graduated from college. Those are not the issues regarding employment. Sure, that's maybe necessary and maybe that's a basic but do you have the skills that are needed? Do you have the attitude that makes a good employee? You see, do you have the, the background that you can draw on to contribute to the process of that company doing business, increasing their business, minimizing their losses and their risks, and making money? That's what it's all about.
Got to put that in perspective. Now, this past week, I had opportunity to speak with a gentleman from a very, very large corporation in America, in the Northwest. He's in the business of hiring people. And he was in the pursuit of hiring somebody where I came in contact with him and uh, had a conversation regarding his philosophy of hiring. You know, and it's important to take a look at just it's his philosophy. It's how he approaches hiring. But, you know, it's kind of common to corporations when they hire or to an uh, HR person when they hire somebody. These are some of the characteristics. These are some of the traits. These are some of the background capabilities that they're looking for. So let's take a look at what they are. I'll give you just a small list. You know, this could be different for somebody else or could be longer or shorter even. But when you hire, you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. You got to start with something. So here's what the first issue and the questions and the search and the pursuit of, a, of an individual to be hired revolves around. Here's the first one, character. Character. They want to know your character. How do they do that? Well, they ask certain questions to see kind of how you stand up. You know, what your history has been in character development, character building. Are you a man of your word? Do you keep your word? Are you a person of, of dependability and reliability, honor and truthfulness? Those are character kind of issues. Do you tell the truth? Do you tell the truth when nobody's watching? Do you do what's right when nobody's watching? you work hard when nobody's watching? See, it's character stuff. That's what they're looking for. And this particular gentleman who's hiring has a set of issues and questions and a set of uh, circumstances that he describes to kind of assess the character of the candidate that he's interviewing. So in other words, they want to see honor. They want to see integrity. And you have to demonstrate that in your life. You have to show that you have character. And maybe even the question is, tell me about your character. Tell me about your character development. Tell me about the ways in which you have had experiences that have developed you in your character. I mean, maybe questions like that that will be asked. But the focus is on your character, your integrity, your honesty, your truthfulness, straightforwardness, your persistence, your reliability, your dependability, those kind of character facts. Okay? That's number one. Number two is, do you know the business that you are applying to if you want to have a job? Do you know the business? That's number one. And the other part of that question is, do you know the industry of that business? Now, let's just take it this way. Let's suppose that you are applying for a job at Wendy's or McDonald's or Carl's Jr. or one of the fast food food changes or one of the mom and pop hamburger shops in your community. Let's suppose that that's what you're really wanting a job in, a part-time job in. Well, do you know what they are like? Do you know what these kind of fast foods operate like? Have you eaten a lot of them? Have you watched? Have you watched the employees? Have you watched how they operate? Do you watch the customers? Who comes and goes? How long they stay? How they order things? How they eat? What they eat? I mean, do you know the business? Do you watch the business? Do you Have you studied the business? If you're going to go to McDonald's for a job interview, have you been in that McDonald's for maybe 10 times prior to that? 
to kind of get a sense of what that business operates like, the efficiency of it, the noise level, the people that work there, and how good are they, and how efficient are they. Do you know that? But more importantly, do you know the fast food industry? Do you know how much money they make? Do you know how many stores McDonald's has? Do you know how many stores Wendy's has? Do you know what corporations own them? Do you know where they're going in the next five years? What's going to happen to fast food industries in the next five years or the next ten years? Do you know about the computer ordering process that will be taking place? Do you know that they're actually going to hire less people in the next five years than they've hired ever before? Do you know that? Do you know the industry that you are seeking to enter, whether it's a part-time job or a full-time job? doesn't matter. If you're looking for a job in the local newspaper company, well, do you know what it's like to be a paper boy? Do you know what it's like to print a paper? Do you know what it's like to read papers? Do you know what it's like to be a homeowner and have paper delivered in your doorstep on every day and sometimes not? And, and, and all the things that a newspaper does and doesn't do properly. But do you know what the future is of the newspaper industry? Is it going up or is it going down? Is the newspaper industry something of the future? Or are we going to see no newspapers in the future? And what will take their place if that's the case? What's the interaction between newspapers and the Internet? How does one affect the other? You see, that's the newspaper industry. So it's not a matter of just applying for a job. Do you know the industry of the company for which you are applying for employment, part-time or full-time? doesn't matter. That's what he wanted to know. He wanted to know how broad your knowledge was. He wants to know how broad of an understanding you have of not just the little place that you want to work in, but the whole industry in which you would work. And are you prepared to make a career out of that industry? Would you like to make a career out of fast foods? I can make a career out of the newspaper industry. I mean, are you career-oriented? Or are you going to use this just as a job or just as a stepping stone? Well, employers look for that. It costs a lot of money to train you. It take a lot of money to hire somebody. And what they want to know is, are you going to stick around? Are they going to get that money back that they've invested in you in training? You say, it takes time and it takes the effort and takes money on the part of other employees just to train you. So are you going to be around for three months, eight months, 12 months, five years? There's a point in time which they hire you and they get value from you and you may actually get the money back that they invested in training. So they're looking at that balance between how long are you going to be around and is, is it worth training you? Are you a fast learner? Are you a good learner? Do you learn? Or will you always be bumbling along and they'll have to terminate you? Employers don't want to hire somebody and then terminate them quickly. That's, that's, it costs them a lot to do that. So they want to know how much you, own, you know that business and you know the industry for which you're applying. Here's the third issue that uh, this gentleman came up with that he, wanted, he tries to assess in every interview. The history of reliability of the potential employee. The history of reliability. <clears throat> okay, what's your school record? On time or tardy? Always there or absent? What about your previous employment? Always on time or absent? Always late 
What's your reliability? Do you do what you say? Do you follow through on what you promise? Are you a promise keeper? And sometimes it's kind of a direct out question directly at you. Tell me, can I count on you? Are you a reliable person? And if you hedge, there's your answer. But if you're a reliable person, you'll come out right straight out with an answer and say, yes, I'm reliable, and here's the evidence. Here's the proof. Here's the way I work. Here's the way I live. Here's the way I do things. At school, I got my homework in on time. I didn't have to do them on uh, extra hours. I got it done on time. At school, I was always there. At school, I did what I was asked to do. That's what they're asking about. That's what employers are seeking. Employers try to find it out. How reliable are you? How reliable will you be? Because you have to remember, the best predictor of your success, your future success, is your past behavior patterns. If you've been a person who's not been reliable, then you're not going to be reliable. You say, that's how it's looked upon. So why would an employer take you on as a chance, take a risk with you, if you already have a proven record of not being reliable, not being dependable, not being on time, not doing what you say? So your reliability is extremely, extremely important. Okay? Here's the next one. Your work ethic. Your work ethic. What's your work ethic like? Are you a person that starts right on time or you start five minutes late? Do you come five to ten minutes early so you're ready to start? Or do you come at starting time and then you have to take a while to get ready to work? I know of a carpenter. Comes to work one hour early. One hour before starting time. Gets his tools ready, gets his work set out for him, determines what he's going to do that day, has his cup of coffee, and starts working at 8 o'clock when the clock strikes 8, he's working. He doesn't come at 8 o'clock and get ready and start work at 8.20. He comes at 7 o'clock, gets ready, and starts work at 8 or before. See, that's work ethic. See? If you come at 8 o'clock and that's the time that you're starting work and you have to do things to get ready and get yourself all primmed up, ready to go to a job and get start your, you work at your desk and it takes you 15 minutes, you've already gypped your employer by 15 minutes of work. That's 15 minutes of employment time and money that you've stolen from your employer. I've hired a lot of people in my life. I've worked with a lot of people in my life. And, you know, the ones that are reliable and dependable, we look closely at them. But the one that has a work ethic is the one that is ready to start when the starting time comes. But then flip it around and say, okay, what about the end of the day? Are you a person who stops work at 4.30 because you're going to go home at 5? Or are you a person that works until 5 o'clock and then gets ready to go home? See, it's a question of ethic. If you take 15, 20, 30 minutes to unwind and get ready to go home, you're not working for 15 to 20 to 30 minutes. You're jipping your employer of your time to that degree. They, are you a person that works up until quitting time and then gets your life personally prepared to go home? See, that's, that's what it's all about. That's ethic. That's work ethic. 
Do you come from a family that has a work ethic? Is your father or mother work and has a work ethic? Is your family known for that? Or do you come from a family that's always late? Do you come from a family that's never on time? Even like going to church, if you're always late, that means you're going to have that same attitude about work. If you have appointments and you're always a little bit late, then you have that same attitude about work. In other words, being on time is not important to you. You see? Being early is not important to you. Working until the very last minute is not important to you then. See, that's work ethic. That's what an employer tries to assess and tries to find out. And obviously, they'll find out when the first week or the first month of work as to whether that's necessarily the case or not, you see? And then the last thing that this guy tries to assess, this employment man from a very large corporation in America, morality, morality. What is your level of morality, your honesty, your integrity there? You see? Do you hedge? Do you lie? Do you cheat? You know, you tell fibs. Do you make arrangements one way, but tell that you really made arrangements a different way? What is your morality of work? What is your morality of personal life and personal living and how you treat people? Are you honest with all people? Are you honest with uh, people who are unemployed? Are you honest with people who are employed? Are you honest with employers? Are you honest with employees? Are you honest with friends? Are you honest with your family? And what these employer coaches or these employer search men look for is evidence of your ethic, your work ethic, and evidence of your personal morality. Are you a person that can be trusted and believed and honored and be trusted with money? That's morality. Are you honest to the nth degree? That's really the kind of the question. So, there you are. Major corporation looking for employees, hiring, in the hiring business. Here's a man that goes about hiring people for this particular incorporation, or this corporation. And these are the things he looks for. And obviously in the process, he'll find a lot of other things that may be helpful in making a decision as to whether to hire somebody or not. But these are some of the core issues that he tries to assess. Now, we all know that you have skill. If you have a skill, that's fine. If you don't have a skill, you can learn it. See, they can teach you a skill, but they can't teach you morality. They can teach you kind of a, a way to, to do a job efficiently and effectively, but they can't make you get on time, come on time. They can't make you have a work ethic where you're going to work constantly all day and only take your 15-minute breaks and work until the end of the day and so on. They can't do that. That's, that's you. They can't change your history of reliability. That's you. That's, that's you, the person. So they can train you in your skills. If you're trainable, show that you are trainable. Show that you're willing to learn. Show that you can learn. Show that you've learned things in the past. Show that you have learned other jobs and that you've been able to do jobs once you've learned them. But these kind of character things you bring to the table, you bring to the job, you bring to the interview, they're part of your core nature. They're part of your personal DNA. And a company can't make these kind of things happen. You either have these things or you don't.
You either manifest them honestly and with integrity and thoroughly and regularly and daily, or you don't. So, if you're in the job market, take heed. If you know somebody who's looking for a job, pass this podcast along. Tell them to listen to it. You know somebody's going for a job interview, tell them to listen to this podcast. This is a great preparation for an interview. If you know somebody that's got a job problem and is on edge, maybe on probation at work, tell them to listen to this project, to, to this podcast. You see? Anything if there's an employment problem, have them listen to this podcast because this will help them put into perspective what a job is and what employment is and the purpose of employment and the place of employment and how you can be not just an adequate employee but an excellent employee. Anyway, thanks for joining me today on the podcast, The Psychology Report. Let me just kind of bring to your attention one of our sponsors, the Pompeii Foundation, United Pompeii Foundation. United and Pompeii is P-O-M-P-E, Foundation. This is a foundation that is designed to raise money and promote educational services for children, usually children, it could be adults, but usually children, who do not process sugar in their bodies properly, and as a result, their muscles tend to be weak. Muscles, particularly around their lungs, tend to be weak, and they have breathing problems. They have difficulty spitting up, coughing up, you know, fluid. So those lungs are just not developed and do not develop and will not develop. Muscles of their hands, the muscles of their face, the muscles throughout the body all tend to be weak. So they're prone to all kinds of injuries and illnesses and disorders. And uh, many of them don't live very long. Many of them don't live very long. So the United Pompeii Foundation is designed to raise funds for research, for educational purposes, and to help Pompeii families get the necessary treatment that they need. And it's an expensive treatment program into the thousands of dollars per treatment. So we're not talking about just a small sum of money. We're talking about some major funds that are needed by the United Pompeii Foundation to help these families and these kids with Pompeii disease. Look it up on your computer, Pompeii, P-O-M-P-E, disease or disorder, and it's the United Pompeii Foundation that I would like you to know about, learn about, Located in Fresno, California, on 6th Street, Shaw and 6th Street in Fresno, California. Send them some bucks. Send them some money. The foundation operates on the basis of contributions. If you're a corporation, send them some corporate money. If you're a member of a foundation, put in a plea for the foundation to send them some money so they can help these kids and these families that suffer with this very, very drastic and uh, major disabling disease, Pompeii disease. So, nice to be with me today. This is um, Dr. Hedberg, and uh, my website is booksbyhedberg.com. Booksbyhedberg.com. And since we're talking about health, get a hold of the book, Achieving and Living a Healthy Lifestyle in a World of Stress. It's a great book on health. And one of the best things you can do is get yourself into a healthy mode. And that will cut down your insurance use and cut down your insurance costs. So live healthy. 
it's necessary. Nice to have you with me and bye for now.